Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to the World Tree. That is Comic Book Nation Season 5. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today are my co-hosts, Matthew Aguilar, Janelle Wheeler, Connor Casey, and we have a lot to do today. We are the only show that does it all for geek culture, as you'll find out by the end of this, and we are the official podcast of comicbook.com. Guys, what's going on? Happy Friday to everybody. And uh, somehow we've turned into a Marvel show this week because (laughs) nothing to do but deal with all this Marvel stuff that's happening around us. So we are going to be talking about the Loki finale, the release of the Marvels. We have a bunch of news from anime and gaming. We have some new, a big new comic arc to get to. So, you know, we are the show. We say we do it all for geek culture. Let's prove it. Right at the top, we got to deal with some in real life happenings. Janelle Wheeler, what's going on? Hey, yes, I am so excited to report, um, as many of you already know, but that's okay. The SAG After Strike has officially ended. It ended at 12.01 a.m. on Thursday, November 9th, 2023. Let's go. We're very excited. I obviously want to do some more research on this because I want to know like what exactly they decided to sign over. but. The bottom line is it's done. We can, you know, get out of our COVID habits where we were scrambling for con- I mean, I think we're still going to be scrambling for content a little bit uh, as we will talk about here in a second, but we'll see. We'll see what all of these uh, these strikes did to production. So I'm just going to slide right into the next article. Um, and that is not as exciting for me personally. And that is that Marvel movies are delayed. Womp, womp. Um, <laughs> their phase five calendar obviously has been disrupted by this. And, you know, might be other things. We don't really know exactly. But um, in light of this Agaftra um, ending their their fun little strikes, which were not fun, they were terrible. Um, we're starting to kind of get some actual dates about things changing. So I think the most important news that you need to kind of note from this is we're only getting one you know, Marvel film in 2024, which to me is a bummer. Yeah. But... There might be a Sony film, but I think it's the only... We're getting only one. Right. Yeah. Craven. Craven. Yeah. And uh, Madam Web is still hanging around out there somewhere. Venom supposed to be a picture too? He's there were like, three. There were three, I believe, Sony... Yeah, Marvel movies on deck. Yeah, so Captain America has moved to February 14th, 2025. 
Thunderbolts has moved to July 25th, 2025, and Blade has changed over to November 7th, 2025. Remember, these are all loose. They change these things all the time. But as of right now, that's what we're getting. Um, and, you know, we better just be really happy with our Deadpool, which I think we will be. But yeah, um, this is the first time. This was interesting to me. This is the first time since 2012 that Marvel Studios have only one MCU film to release. Yeah, this will be the third year total that they've ever released just one. The first one was 2010 with Iron Man 2. Second one was 2012 where they just focused on Avengers. And this will be the third year. Crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah How are you guys feeling about it? Um, I don't care. Okay. I mean, at this point, as we'll get into, I think I, I'm in a Marvel malaise. I think a lot of people are. Because the reaction to this was so like, good. oh, no. And people were like, sounds like I need a break. It's, it's yeah. about time. So <laughs> the whole project needs is a, a quick break. Yeah. And I think Deadpool 3 will be pivotal enough to give people stuff to talk about. Um, so I think and there's enough that as we're going to get into today has already been kind of set in motion to keep get us through at least a year. What about shows? What's that? Shows. Like, have we gotten any show release updates or anything? You know, people keep asking for shows like The Strike just didn't end. Jim Viscardi's asking. Yeah. Yeah. People, The Strike just ended. Like, Yeah. I'm just curious because I feel like if now that we have shows to go along with films, it's not as like painful when, you know, you're not getting all these films that you expected on the docket. If there's like yeah. one show that comes out. I mean, we'll have Echo, right? Echo. Oh, yeah. Echo. There you go. On Daredevil. Now I'm you guys, so now you guys need to show that respect to What If season two. I, I love What If, Kofi. I'm with you. I just want another uh, Werewolf by <laughs> Night. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Most diamond level fan, Damon Streams points out uh, Echo and X Men '97. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Oh my god. If, yeah. There's Echo. And, uh, there's a uh, X Men '97 coming. Let's go. All right. So, you know, we're going to be we're going to see how it plays out. I think the more interesting note for me is that we're only I mean, Sony has a year to shine next year because yeah, they do. Yeah. There is no superhero movies. DC mm -hmm. has nothing. Marvel has just one movie. And yeah, like. There you go. Sony, so, your baby. Come on. This is your year. year. All right. All right. But uh, we're going to keep <laughs> an eye on that. It's going to be interesting to see like a year without Marvel and all how that goes. So. On my front, moving right along, uh, we're not going to get too deep in this. There has been other big news this week. Uh, obviously, we got a Legend of Zelda movie announced. No small thing there. Nintendo going for that next billion with a live action Zelda Let's movie. Um, yeah, we have thoughts, but we went into a whole breakdown of, you know, what will this movie likely look like? You know, who could, I mean, the cast and crew they are working with and what that implies about it. And a bunch of other questions about what game they'll use and everything. We did a whole bonus episode. Be sure to check the Comic Book Nation YouTube page. Subscribe to it. Check that out because uh, me and one of our gaming experts, Logan Moore, get into all that. I also jumped in with the ComicBook.com anime team this week. Nick Valdez and Evan Valentine and I got together and we deep dove through the past, present, and future of Attack on Titans finale. So we talked all things Attack on Titan, the anime ended this past week, so there was a lot to talk about there, and we get into all that, and that's another bonus episode. That's available in audio and video, so check that out as well. And then Matt, me, Matthew Aguilar, and Jim Viscardi, we let him out of jail so that we could get <laughs> together and talk about one very good comic, Transformers, and one very 
mixed bag to not good comic Marvel's gods. And so we had a whole comparison episode. So be sure you're checking out the pull list where every week we pull out two or three big comic books and really get into those discussions deep. Not that we're not going to do that on the main show today because we are, but we have, like I said, I wasn't joking. This is becoming a quickly becoming the comic book nation world tree. We have so much content going all over the place. Be sure to subscribe on audio and YouTube platforms. But there was one thing in gaming. I mean, we thought Zelda was going to be the biggest thing in gaming this week. And then Rockstar was like, hold my beer, hold our nitrous. And like, yeah, hold, hold our NOS because we, finally, NOS, well, right. we yeah. finally woke up. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting GTA 6. It has been a it has been a decade since the last G, since GTA 5 finally arrived. We've had GTA online to kind of hold us over in the meantime. Red Dead 2, one of my favorite games of all time, was obviously its own massive thing, but they are finally getting back to where it all started. GTA 6, we are allegedly getting a trailer next month. Now, yeah. does that mean we're actually getting the game sometime next year? Probably not. No. GTA 5's first trailer was in 2011. And we didn't get the game <laughs> in September of 2013. So you have to keep waiting. But this is great news. It's finally, after so many years of speculation, of alleged leaks, of actual leaks, this is something finally concrete. So this is why this was the most like gaming tweet ever. Yeah, great. Like, all they said is like, yeah, thank you, fans. We're coming. It's GTA. This is real this time from Rockstar. Instant record-setting gaming tweet. Everybody who has clearly been waiting for this. The rumors are crazy. We've heard that it could be a Bonnie and Clyde-style story with a male and female protagonist or antagonist. I never know how to say that about GTA. Um, rumors are it could be coming in 2025, more realistically. But this is the start. It's real. This is really real. This is not some, like, another one of those fan-cut trailer thingamabobber rumor leaks so you know, not, it's, it's not gaming. just it's not just GTA Five getting ported to another console. Right. Lord knows, yeah, it's it's real. One yeah. of my favorite meme trends is people putting like, "Hey, this was happening when GTA Five was released," and like I've seen like everything from this is how the Spurs played <laughs> during that time to like, "Hey, this this show was on." Uh, I think it was I can't remember what it was, but it was it's been so many. It's fantastic, and I I forgot that Tim Duncan was still playing. Oh yeah, and like Monty Ginobili and like Tony Parker were all part of the trio when that game came out. It's just the time warp. Uh, I am I am stoked. I feel like we'll get so much, even if it's it's just going to be a teaser, right? But I oh, feel it, like that thing will be dissected. Yeah, it won't, it won't it won't even be, I don't even think we'll, it'll be a date. I think we'll get a year maybe yeah. Or yeah. coming soon. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll just kind of tease the concept for the game. And I just need to know the city and I need to know the time, like the time frame. You know what I mean? Like exactly. that'll give me enough to go off. You need to know the main character or characters yeah. if it's multiple you need to know this, like the yeah, the the setting, the date they're going for. So, yeah, it's gonna be exciting, man. You need a but, female uh, protagonist. It's about damn time, Rockstar, make it happen. Yeah, I, I just want Arthur Morgan in modern day. He got time warp right before consumption oh. took him, and now we're getting him back. I wish. No, but um, as this was the like height of excitement, but something we thought should be so exciting seems to not be quite as exciting this week in gaming, which is. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is out, and apparently people don't care that much. Oh, no. Well, they care, but I don't know if everybody's happy with this one. So, yeah. I mean, the Mar the new Mario Kart drop happened yesterday, and I played it. It was super fun. 
Yeah, I, I think, think that's a bigger headline. I think that's a better headline than yeah. Mario. Yeah. <laughs> the new bigger Mario. Headline. It was the last and final Mario Kart drop. You can play as Funky Kong, which is like Ooh. so cool. Oh, what? That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Everyone's like, hey, Mario Kart. And like, oh, let's just go play more Spider-Man. And Mario Wonder and, is great too. Yeah, I'm just waiting on the RPG uh, Super Mario to finally drop. That's next yes. week. Yes, it's just it's funny. It's all the drama surrounding the game that is even more enticing than the game itself. It's all the CEO responding directly to messages, and then the big report coming from Bloomberg about how this thing was cranked out in a year and a half, and like it was an expansion, but then it was a sequel, and then. People at Sledgehammer were promised, hey, no crunch this time, but then there's crunch. Like, there's so much to this that the game itself is really not important. It's like the least, it's like the least enticing thing to this whole deal. Everything behind the scenes is. And while we're talking about Marvel taking a break, hey, uh, Activision, you should take a Call of Duty break too. I'm sorry. You like, we don't have to have everything annually. Know. Learn from the Assassin's Creed series. They did it and it worked out wonders for them. They stopped. They stopped the annuals. And it made for better games. Like I there was a period line. there where like three games in a row were getting trashed. And then we got Origins. Fantastic. We got Odyssey. Fantastic. We got Valhalla. Valhalla is really good to me. Like, so again, those are all better than the three that came before. So it makes a difference. Call of Duty should do the same. All right. You heard it from Matt himself. That's it on gaming. <laughs> Well, there's a lot, so much going on, but let's talk about what we are really hyped to be here and kind of get into today. Loki's season two finale. So we were all wondering if they were going to be able to land this plane. The penultimate episode wasn't bad. There's been no bad episodes, but we were like, okay, for what happens in episode five, are we, is there, is there enough time to really wrap Loki up in, in fitting fashion? And I got to say, this was one of the more, interesting for me marvel finales that we've seen i know we said that about loki season one mm -hmm. obviously this was like loki season one on meth uh <laughs> like with what we did um at the same time i did i'll admit i fell asleep a couple times like trying to watch this last night because there's so much conversation you really do have to pay attention to and really be like looking and if you like nod off for even a second and wake up you have no idea what the hell is going on in this you're like wait what and so I did watch a couple times, but I got through it. But yeah, I admire this. I admire what they did in the finale. And we are going to talk spoilers, guys. If you haven't watched Loki yet, I don't know why you're here, but thank you for coming. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk spoilers. Yeah, and even just trying to kind of suss out like what actually happens by the end. If you're not like a deep dive Marvel fan, if you're not reading comicbook.com, which you should, is, is a little tough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it was overall, people are saying how much they love Loki. There's a lot of praise going on, but I feel like in the end, this was just kind of a very circular season to solve one problem in a workplace. And we went to some pretty far extremes to do that. But overall, I still don't think, and I was looking at this show of being this crucial thing to the multiverse saga, but I don't know about you guys, but I'm still now more confused than ever about like what the hell is going on in the Marvel multiverse how it works, how it breaks, how it's even shaped at this point is a mystery. So mm. what did you guys think of the Loki finale? Let's let's go around the room. Matt, what did you think about this? Because you're like one of our biggest comics fans. And so like, uh, how'd you feel about that ending and some of the stuff that was kind of quote unquote revealed? Um, so last week, I remember we talked about Gen V 
and we talked about its finale ranking up to the penultimate episode. I came out like, hey, those were tied to me, like as far as like how I was feeling. And then I watched this finale, and I feel like this finale puts Loki over the threshold. Like comparing finales, it's no comparison. Yeah, like, there's no finales. This finale is fantastic, and I think this finale. It's one of those things, and we'll talk about this when we get to the Marvels too. The MCU-ness of it all, I could care. I could give two Fs about. I really could. I just don't care. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care about the, like, how this has to do with the multiversal thing, what this, what this affects. I don't care. I want a story I'm engrossed in. And what I laud about Loki every time is that it does that with its characters. And in this episode, that final sequence, I don't care what it means going forward uh, they'll tell me <laughs> and then someone will write an article about it and i'll understand it i the what it means emotionally what it means to the character giving himself and, and how far that character has come all of that stuff and finally having that crowning moment to sit on the throne and be the hero like all those things that's what matters and that that ending sequence is like one of the best ending sequences marvel has put I'm sorry. There's that score is phenomenal. That whole that the the effects, my God, like everything comes together in that sequence and it means something to the character. And that's why it matters. I don't care about the superficial crap. I just care about that. And to me, that's what Loki does supremely well. So in a finale, I think it I think it knocked it out of the park. Man, I, I think, you know, I agree with you. I still overall in the seasons, I probably still like season one better as an overall season. But, you know, that also probably has to do with, you know, less of the king of it all. And that, you know, the, the king that is in there is phenomenal. So uh, overall, I thought they I thought they nailed the landing for what it for what it needed to be. I'll figure out all the other crap later. Hmm. <laughs> Janelle, how did you feel? <laughs> you I mean, are, I mean, you are all, like our unabashedly biggest Loki fan. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, like Matt beautifully said, gorgeous, <laughs> just bravo, my friend. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I was like the one here that just never gave up faith. Sure. Like I just knew that this was going to be amazing all the way through, and I've enjoyed it that way the whole entire like season there's only one episode i didn't really care for and it was because i think victor timely is so annoying um <laughs> but yeah i i am so satisfied with this i cried um like i was so emotionally moved and it, exactly what matt said was absolutely stunning um it just like the glorious like burdened with glorious purpose like this is what he's been saying since we were introduced to him and this is what his like, this is the weight of of what he has to carry. Like he always said he had this and we were like, what is it? Like, what is your glorious purpose, Mr. Whatever? Like you're so full of yourself. And now we like, we know he does. He has, he's burdened with glorious purpose. And it's just so rewarding as a fan. I'm so excited. Like it just makes me so happy. I, I, definitely couldn't fall asleep during this. Um, but Kofi, my husband did. So, um, he was also drinking wine. So, but yeah, I mean, I feel like as a super fan of Loki and not having context with comic books, it was still so incredibly impactful for me. And especially that final scene when he's walking out there. And I don't know, I, I watched phase zero last night. They tried to break it down. They went into all this stuff with gods and like 
all of that stuff. And Jim tried to explain what the tree represented. To me, it was the tree of life. I was like, he made the tree of life. I get it. I get the visual. Like instead of it being this weird, like scientific thing, it's actually like natural and like beautiful and green and lovely. And, and I'm okay with that. So <laughs> that, that was my take on that. I was like, oh, it's the tree of life. And he's holding it in his hands. Like, it's awesome. Okay, I'll shut up. Casey, <laughs> as a, an hour of storytelling, I think it works. It's an entertaining one hour of television. Does it necessarily fit in with the entirety of the season, particularly those first four episodes? Eh, kind of. Let me get back to you on that. I honestly think this would this would watch best if you watch it from the start of Loki season one all the way to this, because the creators have come out and been like, yeah, we saw these two seasons as one half of one book. And now we have it in its entirety. I think overall, the arc that Loki goes on is great. The ending is where I think it's going to lose some folks because we spent so much of the season trying to explain theoretical physics regarding time travel and multiverse theory and string theory. And then it just kind of becomes Fantasia, where we suddenly just switch to dream logic. And it works because the visuals are great. And Tom Hiddleston is giving it all his absolute all in those quiet moments, but does it entirely line up with all of what we had been what had been thrown at us this season? Maybe not necessarily. Um, if, if you're going to try and ask me like, what does it, what does it all mean? What is Loki now? Is, what is the God of stories? Couldn't tell you. Uh, he's over here being Bob Ross, making a happy little tree. And now suddenly the multiverse <laughs> isn't dying anymore. I'm okay with that. Uh, does this mean we'll ever see Loki again? I don't have a freaking clue. I don't know if this means we'll ever get a third season of Loki. Uh, this seemed like a pretty definitive, hey, he's in this spot now forever. That's his quote-unquote glorious purpose. And he spent so much of the season trying to be selfish, trying to keep everything that he wanted, and ultimately it was a selfless act that gave him the throne that he had been ironically trying to get for so long. So. Overall, I think it's good. I think the first season by itself is better. But I think this this is if this is the end of Loki as we know it in the MCU, pretty solid. I don't I mean it can't be the end. I know everybody said they they don't really care about the larger multiverse saga of it all, but we do got to kind of talk about that a little bit, right? Like what do we think is going I mean, to but you happen? Ask, you ask like does this matter in the grand scheme of the MCU? Spoilers for the Marvels, but we're on our fifth. Hey, we broke the multiverse. Has any of it mattered? No. Has any has one ever affected the other? No. So why would this one? No. I mean, I think this is the end of Loki as a series, as we know it with Loki at the center. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the end of the TVA. I know they'll probably be back in Deadpool. I know that Tom Hiddleston will probably do one more like Kang Dynasty and or Secret Wars. He'll show up, obviously, like at some point, if all the Kangs are trying to mess and make their own reality, they got to address the guy who's holding everything together right now. Right. And there's got to be Thor just be like, walk by and be like, OK, <laughs> like and he's just in here and like, hello, hey, brother. Like, I'm a tree like, now. Yeah. And he's like, well, not He's like, yeah, there's got to be some kind of funny scene between him and Thor trying to have a conversation and him being like, well, I'm not your brother. Kind of like, yeah, you know, it's complicated, but timey wimey. Um, yeah, it's got to be a surprise for the other Marvel heroes to find at the center of, yeah. you know, reality. I don't think Loki's gone. I just I think don't want I, him to be gone. Yes. Yeah. So but I heard. Oh, 
it would I, be uh, what Connor said. It it would be a perfect exit for it would be. No, a, I think him the, it, yeah. yeah. No, I mean for like Tom Hiddleston really digging deep into this character, it feels like this was the culmination. This yeah. was it. Yeah. And like this was his transformation. No. He's taking this character further than anybody could have ever imagined in eleven years. Mm -hmm. this person. Yes. So like he was just supposed to be a bit villain for like I don't even remember if he was originally in Avengers. I think like I can't remember this history. I've been doing this too long. But <laughs> it was supposed to rap by Avengers, and they, people loved him so much they just kept bringing him back. And yeah. so, but I think he is done. I think he's done as much as you can possibly do with a Marvel MCU character. I don't know if there's ever going to be a character arc that's more dynamic than this. So if it's, if he's done like, that's good. Get your, get your flowers and secret wars where you get to show up. And instead of Loki kind of starting off the thing that like leads Thanos to destroy everybody, he can be the one who saves everybody this time. Mm -hmm. And that'll be a perfect, perfect, Ending yeah, to I can't story. think of a better ending in the MCU for him. Than and, that. and there's still Sylvie, right? Like you still have Sophia de Martino. So you have re ways to keep Loki going, but you know, without Tom Hiddleston. Um, other elephant in the room. Uh, what did you guys think? Because I know, Connor, you were particularly kind of critical of like Jonathan Major's performance as like Victor Timely uh, when it started. But how did you guys feel about seeing him back as who he who remains in this version of it? Now that we got, you know, a more extensive kind of character dynamic from him as he who remains. And how do you feel about his performance overall? Because I, I thought it was hilarious when there was one moment where he where he remains like makes fun of Victor Timely mm -hmm. and then like his stutter. And it, it's just like, you know, it, it does add layers to it of yeah. what he's doing now when we look at each character, when he begins to like reference himself and stuff. Um, but how'd you guys feel about this version of he who reigns? It was less so much of the the finale of the first season was him. Hey, go nuts, choose scenery, stand on desks, wave your arms, go nuts. With Victor Timely, it's stutter, be a little bit more demutative, we'll ask a ton of questions because you don't know what the hell's happening. This is Kang kind of distilled to his ultimate form, which is I know everything. I have every possible outcome thought out ahead of time. There's nothing you can do. I love the trick that they do. It reminded me of Edge of Tomorrow, where it even plays with the audience expectations of, oh, you don't know how many times Loki has done this. Yeah, thing. that was you don't know I had to watch that twice because I didn't get it at first. I he, was like, wait, what? He's like, how many times have we had this conversation? How many times have we had this conversation? And Loki's like, I'm not saying. Yeah, that, that, that was fun. I, I heard an interesting theory because I was listening to some reviews this morning. Loki basically bypasses he who remains his need to oversee all of time now. Could this be the way Marvel just kind of writes Kang out of this? I don't know. Oof. Like, like the only thing that's making Kang be the ultimate villain of the next Avengers movie is the title. They can change the title. Yeah, I don't know. Oof. That's kind of a... That's kind of a, I don't know. What do you think they would do instead of that? Would they doom like, doom? Yeah. I mean, doom trying to secure the throne from Loki is something that would definitely fit with Marvel comics line. Plus, if you're going to do secret wars, you know, the more recent one of those doom plays a pretty big old role. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible. Uh, yeah. Doom doing that. If you can want to make that switch. Yeah. But how do you do doom without, I mean, so when is F4 supposedly coming? F4 is allegedly first. Yeah, okay. I think it's supposed to come. So before if you can, if you can part. wrangle that, I can, man, I don't know. I don't know if they, 
this was in the works before. Like, I don't, I don't think that was the intent by any means, but do I, could it be a possible retcon of like, Hey, let's just use this to pivot. Like, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. I mean, it just becomes a villain realizes that the sacred timeline has now been altered. There's now a person holding it together. All you got to do to get all the power over reality is take out that person and supplant yourself on the throne. Um, and who would do that? I could say Doom doing that. Like, Doom loves himself a throne. Yeah. Boy, if they pulled that off, that would be the big like if they were able to pull that off, my word. And then like not and then like knock it out of the park, get Doom in, get F4 in, and then like keep on track. That would be would that be like one of the most impressive cinema pivots oh, yeah. of all time. <laughs> also the thing about the MCU as a whole is that their ability to change direction quickly without the audience even noticing is kind of their secret weapon. Yeah, phase one and two, I can tell you right off the bat, that happened a million times. None yeah. of that, None of that. if you watch that, is leading to Infinity War. No. Like, they, they change course yeah. multiple times from movie Incredible to movie. <laughs> they just make the change so nebulous that you can't tell. Now, granted, I don't think that's the easiest fix. Just recast. It's not hard. Just I, I recast. Don't even, I don't even think it's a matter of, hey, we don't want Jonathan Majors because personal stuff. I think it's a, hey, this story isn't working and yeah. people aren't connecting to it. And us. Kang may not be the person that was going to carry the whole franchise like they thought. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to wait and see. <laughs> like, I'm going to wait and see, but I could see them. I, I mean, the more we talk about this. Yeah, I think it would even be, in some ways, it would be the most exciting thing to happen in the MCU in years if, for once, like, we see Kang about to do something, grab the ultimate power, about to kick off this reality, and then he just gets fried from behind. And it was just Doom lurking, being like, I've been waiting for this moment. And then we get a surprise, like, everybody would be thrown. It'd be the most kind of buzzworthy turn we've had in the MCU in a while, Mm -hmm. so... We'll see. You know, time has all those variations and possibilities. We'll see which one we get. Oh, wait a minute. Circle there. There you go. Um, I will say Owen Wilson. This has been the best Owen Wilson thing that I've seen him do in years. Didn't like, ride a jet ski. I'm so mad. I'm what the not, hell. I, I'm not. I mean, he like that whole ending with him was it was that was some pretty powerful stuff for the MCU. Oh, yeah. Him like looking at him playing with his boys and saying, I'm going to hang out here for some time. Let and, time pass. Yeah, let time pass. Like, yeah, that was, that got me. That got me right there. I was like, all right, that's that's pretty good stuff from the MCU. Anybody else have any uh, parting thoughts with Loki? Is this everybody's now favorite Disney Plus series? Yes. It was number two behind WandaVision. Now it's number one. And also just tons of love to Tom Hiddleston for just doing the most spectacular job in this role like that's that's what i just it, it, unbelievable what was mine i think mine was hawkeye when we did our last <laughs> ranking yeah, I, think <laughs> I think mine was hawkeye and and for all the reasons i love hawkeye are kind of like are just very different from why i love loki and, mm. I, and i don't think this changed that i think hawkeye's still my favorite i mean it's just okay, the show's so fun i just love that show <laughs> Uh, I think I still like WandaVision the best, but this is a very close second. Like, yeah, this is a very close second. I wasn't allowed to rank, but yeah, Loki was was my favorite. Although I remember coming on that episode and yelling at you guys because Werewolf by Night was on nobody's list. That's right. Yeah, no, that was that was a that was a big miss. Yeah. Go see that. That's right. Yes, it was. It was okay. I was the one. I was. Okay. All right, cool. 
All right. Well, that's it for Loki season two. We'll get back to you. Will the MCU Disney Plus continue? Dot, dot, dot. We will see you in 2020 something. Uh, Echo. We'll see you back here for Echo, I guess, to talk mm-hmm. about more MCU TV. Whew, that's going to be a very different experience. I can't wait for that. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But when we got back, we got to talk about the Marvels. Oh. We got to get into the Marvels. We got to talk about some new comics, some new anime, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Comic Book Nation, we'll be right back. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. We just ran through a bunch of big news of the week, plus we deep dove into Loki season two's finale. We are now going to talk about the new Marvel MCU movie release, The Marvels. And we're going to talk about this whole movie, but we're going to do so with the courtesy of knowing that a lot of you guys probably haven't been out to see it yet. So we're going to do this tricky thing with me, Matt, and Connor Casey talking about the movie, but not mentioning anything specific. You guys think we can handle that? Everybody? You guys I will, are pros, I right? I will walk this tightrope. Matt, Matt, you good? <laughs> That's great. Oh, he's muted, but he said, yeah, yeah. He had like a real snap. Oh, there response. Hey, there I am. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. Yeah. All right. So the Marvels. Um, there's been a lot, obviously, about this movie just even before it was released. Kind of uh, what is going to kind of happen in the movie, you know, whether it was being kind of unfairly pointed to and labeled as a failure before it get before it even released. People were hanging on everything about director Nia DaCosta, whether she had abandoned the movie or not. The trailers are all cost. The trailers are all over the place. Yeah, like the trailers are all one. over the place. It's got nothing to do with the movie. Nope. And yeah, they, I mean, it looked like there was like, there was just this hint of desperation in the marketing of it. They went from the team up, the trio, then the actor strike happened. Then it was like Captain Marvel two, everybody, you know that. And then they had a final trainer where they were just like uh, my boy, uh, Eric Bana in Star Trek, where they were just like, fire everything, <laughs> the cameos, the teases, do it all. And they just pushed it out there. I didn't even watch that. I was like, guys, that is, I don't like desperation trailers. Um, but I think as I tweeted, when I went to see the Marvels, I don't know. I feel like there's just been this whole WNBA. I've, I've thrown that term out several times this year. And if you don't know what that means, uh, it's this weird phenomenon that I just see with the WNBA where people are like these like 
top-notch athletes are somehow not as interesting to watch. So we should not give them as much, you know, credit as the NBA. And it's like, no, they are really good athletes and they play some really exciting games and they're growing now and people are beginning to figure that out. But I feel like we do this with female-led properties a lot. I feel like we spent a whole six weeks of Star Wars Ahsoka kind of discussing this and and dealing with this whole, how could Sabine learn to use the force so quick? How did Luke Skywalker learn enough to blow up the Death Star in under like a couple hours? What are you guys talking about? Oh, because he was the chosen one. Did I teach him to fly when he'd just been hanging out on Tatooine all the time, just racing, you know, little mud skippers and stuff like, well, well Anakin was the chosen one, but let's not. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But the point was like, you know, the rules don't seem to hold consistent yeah. between these two hero archetypes. I think there's a lot of that with the Marvels. I think a lot of people are just like, oh, it's such a big mess. This is no more messy to me than anything from Marvel Phase 4 and 5. It, it's better than Quantum Mania, in my opinion, uh, hands down. But it's not as good as like Black Panther 2, which was powerful for all kinds of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not. And it, but it's just Shang, Shang-Chi gets a little silly at the end with the dragons and stuff. But like, it's no more silly or nonsensical or with a thin plot or villain than any of the other movies I've seen in the last few years. I mean, and it makes more sense than Thor love and thunder. Let's be honest. So in that sense, I kind of was like, I already like started off in the beginning of the movies, actually really well done. I think, I think there's not enough credit to how difficult this concept was the whole entanglement and switching places, the editing challenges for that the continuity challenges for that. Like if you're making a film, this is a difficult film to make. And I could understand how Nia DaCosta was probably banging her head against a wall, just kind of keeping track of the dailies of who's where, who's moving where, scene to scene where they're supposed to end up, plus the larger Marvel stuff they got to get shoehorned into here and all that. But the beginning is enjoyable. It's shot. I like the way we get introduced to each of the ladies and their stories and their world. It's well, I think Nia DaCosta is a good director in terms of like just visuals and colors and, and capturing stuff like that. And then, like I said, the entanglement stuff is fun at the beginning. There's a lot of humor. There's a lot of laughs about it. Like Kamala's family is great in this. Like there's a lot to love where it gets weird is by like the second act into the third act. It gets real thin. Things just start making sense. I think that third act battle is just one of the most nonsensical ones I've seen where at this point people are just teleporting somewhere and then just flying back into the screen and, there's no logic to this anymore. Um, but like I said, overall, it, it's just there's this feeling I get with Marvel stuff now where it's just like, OK, turn my brain off, fun popcorn entertainment. And that's where I am. It used to happen with summer blockbusters a lot. It's happening now with these. And I, I'm not too mad at it. It's just kind of like mid. I was happy to be back in an MCU movie and I was happy to be back in one that was this is a dreaded three letter word, but fun. It was fun. Mm. So that's what it was for me. I, I I really had no dog in this fight. I'm always kind of neutral. I've really liked WandaVision and Miss Marvel. I liked Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, but I thought they kind of really, I've made no secret about this, me and Matt. I think they did her dirty with that first movie and in the, in the angle where she had to kind of have no personality while being a personable heroine. I don't know. But um, so I was just kind of like not moved either way. But I'm kind of curious to hear what Matt says, because I know, Matt, this was like one of, if not your most anticipated or hyped for these kind of upcoming slate of Marvel movies. So how did you how did you feel, buddy? Uh, yeah, it's um, 
I think it's actually there's been some great comments. Jim Viscardi even piped in <laughs> with a uh, with a WWE comment, which is not wrong. Uh, it's not wrong at all. And that's honestly so I don't find fun to be a dreaded word. I think it's I I that's kind of what I, it's funny. Kofi sent me a message and he said, boy, this, this film feels like it was focus tested for you. And I went <laughs> and I go into the movie and afterwards I went, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much what it what it was. This was made. Uh, for people like me, uh, I thought this was so fun. I and I, it's it's what I wanted when this trio was first announced that they were going to be in a movie together. That's what the heart of this movie is, right? It's it's those three characters bouncing off each other. And for those who read Carol in the books, and Janelle will attest, it's like half the fun of that character is actually playing her against other characters of other types, and that's what makes that's what makes some of the endearing qualities of Carol come out. And so that's what this movie was going to always going to kind of hinge on. And so that is fantastic throughout the entire movie. I, I don't, I've seen silly bounded about and, you know, it's funny. I mean, like, you know, dragons and like some of the other things in like Shang-Chi, it's like, Oh, that's, part of the character like that's the comic bookness of it catching strays today guys no i'm (laughs) saying but that's the comic that's what kofi mentioned but that's the comic bookness of it like that's not silly to me that's part of the character that's intently like you know we got a asgardian walking around with a giant hammer as his weapon like that's stupid on paper (laughs) but like that's awesome that's part of the character that's why they're fun and that's why we can come to these worlds and so for that those moments in this movie i've seen that word bandied about a lot and like that those were great. I love the lighthearted moments. I love the kind of not afraid to not take itself so seriously at one part. Yes, no to the shock of no one. I love the I love the flurkins. I, I adored those scenes. But like the heart of this movie was always going to be those three characters, how Carol and Monica dealt with things, how Kamala bounces off those characters so well, and the shit Amon is just fantastic in that role. And so all three shine because of that and that's what i enjoyed about it my and the biggest letdown is is the villain for me and it's it's kind of one of those things that like i get tired of marvel um it used to be looked at as a strength marvel would like take these obscure characters like characters that you know don't even get a next page on the wikipedia you know what i mean like characters that have that little history and they pick them and then they go we're gonna do something with this and then it's like they don't though like they (laughs) they don't do anything supremely interesting with them. And I go, you could have picked multiple characters from Carol's like rogues gallery and like done something with that and, and twisted it and had some fun with it. And uh, then you didn't. And I just, I don't understand that. I, there's just part of me. That's like, I get wanting to bring another character up, you know, for, for lack of a better word, but like, I just don't, I just, I don't know. I just don't get it. And they, and they fell flat because that character doesn't really have anything to do with Kamala currently. It doesn't have anything to do with Monica. It doesn't have anything to do with Carol. Like that's a, you know what I mean? Like now, like in our current, like last decade or whatever. So I don't know. I just, I agree with trees is here. Like, what are you saving the rogues for? Like for Captain Marvel five? Like, I don't get it. Like, why do you do that? So that's a problem with Marvel overall like they they do that consistently and i just kind of wish they didn't like just put the biggies out and then dig later like i doubt how many people can even leave this movie and know the name of the villain right 
And I don't blame them. It's like I, I, there's just nothing. There's nothing there. The reason I love those fights because I, I really dig some of the fight scenes. I thought some of the effects, like especially towards the end, some of the more heart wrenching moments. I thought those were really well done. But you could have put ten other people in that role fighting them, and it wouldn't have changed anything. It's like, oh, just give them a hammer. Like who cares? <laughs> who cares? So like, there's parts that I just that frustrate me because they they hold it back from something it could have been. But the parts I was going for are great. And we'll get into like, you know, the post credit and and other stuff later. So I'm not going to touch on that right now. But I'm just saying as a movie, I I really enjoyed it. And I came away kind of getting what I wanted. And so, you know, I, I understand critiques and stuff. I agree with Kofi. I mean, look, I, I this movie, the first movie uh, came under fire as soon as, you know, uh, a white woman said, oh, hey, we need more people of color and women in our, uh, you know, critics consensus. And a lot of people didn't like that. And, you know, to them, I say, you know, go kick rocks. I don't care. Like, I want more me uh, in there. I want more Kofi. I want more Janelle. Like, I want people in that. It doesn't have to all look the same way. Uh, so if you people don't like that, screw you. I like it. <laughs> and the minute she said that, she came under fire and so did that movie. So ever since, it's been that. And it was going to be like that for the Marvels. And it, oh, lo and behold, it is. So just, just kind of putting there like it is. I agree with almost everything you said, except I do take one issue, and I think there's a good segue into what Connor might feel. But I feel like this movie did have a Martha moment that made me cringe, where there is a, there is a big, like you said, with Monica and Carol and that story. Yeah. I feel like the actual climax of that emotional subplot really didn't work for me. I was just like, oh. I was like, you can't compare cool. anything to Martha, though. I'm sorry. No. I, I get it. It might not delivered, but there is nothing that rivals. There is a line in here that it like it's yeah, not Martha. Cool. I know what line you're talking about. It's not Martha. It's not sorry, Martha. It's not Martha. But there is something about like waiting. I didn't like. I needed just you or something like that. There is a line like that that fell just like as hard of a dud for me. But we're taking up time, Connor. You've been patient. You've been quiet. You look like a Zen monk over here. I'm so curious about what you were about to say about this movie because I asked you for one reaction while we were on the break and your reaction, I stopped. I said, stop, that's enough. Yeah. I can't wait to hear you cook. Go ahead. <sighs> okay, you used the term Marvel malaise earlier and I think that's appropriate. This is a, if not for Amon Vellani and her family, which were the undisputed highlights of the Miss Marvel show, this would be a D plus. Uh, it's a C minus. Like B. a D plus series? No, no like it's kidding. a D plus on a grade because I know y'all are. Uh, I know y'all don't love my grades, but uh, I'm, I'm giving it. It's it's a D plus if not for those that group. That group bumps it up to a C minus. There's a there's a lot to like about this movie. Those that group is the big reason why. Um, I've seen a lot of complaints about the more silly aspects of this. Uh, there's a particular planet that has a gimmick that I actually didn't hate. Uh, I went to the bathroom during that part and I was so happy. For it's it. the part everybody hates. I'm like, look, I think if James Gunn taught us anything, it's that if you're going to go out into space, make it goofy. Everything's different. Go nuts. Have fun with it. There's also a sequence involving a lot of cats that a lot of people also complained about. I also didn't mind that much either. It's when this movie really tries to get serious with yeah. the Kree and scroll guys, 
This thing has been going on since Guardians 1 in 2014, and I've never cared about any of it. The moment the scrolls pop back up, I go, oh, Christ, we're back in Secret Invasion. It's the galaxy's punching bag over here. <laughs> Who wants to see them all get wiped out again? They do, and I feel nothing. <laughs> That's a problem. It's the so the it's whole so entanglement thing, There's a there's a sequence when it first starts happening. That's a lot of fun. I feel like every other scene after that, it was, okay, we needed something to stop Carol from just wiping everybody out in two minutes, so let's make it harder for her to fight. That's it. The rest of the fights are not were not that impressive. The final fight looks like it takes place in the green screen of a space-themed conference room. It is boring, and I've never been so bored with a final fight in a Marvel film. The villain... Malekith, congratulations. You're no longer the leader. <laughs> <Wow>. Congratulations. <laughs> round of applause. Wow. But here's the thing. Not wrong. Performance. This got killed in the editing bay because it is so obvious that there is like a five-minute sequence that was meant to be the start of this movie that not only gave her motivation, but gave Carol actual guilt and pathos and motivation for why she doesn't just go back to Earth. Because she messed up. She thought she was doing the right thing and she didn't. And it caught it, she created one of her own villains in the process. That would have been interesting. Instead, they took that sequence, and you can tell it was an actual sequence because there are some establishing shots where you go, you wouldn't do that if it were just a flashback. You would do that if it was an entire scene. They took that, diced it up, made it part of it a flashback, and part of it just Carol explaining people to. Uh, the other two in a wheat field what's going on and say that's enough Th this movie got in a lot of ways this movie got killed in the editing bay some of the cgi doesn't really hold up especially as the movie goes along uh sam jackson there is no way in hell that is the same character as secret invasion no i was gonna get into that that's I a mean, good thing it's not a bad thing. It's not a it's not a bad thing. This movie oops all quips. This movie has killed any belief I had in any kind of continuity between Disney Plus series yeah. and these movies. It is insane. There is nothing. This, this movie makes me hate Secret Invasion even more because there's nothing in that show that matters in the least mm -mm. towards this movie. Like, it, it's not a spoiler to say that, like, even the stuff with his wife does not mean a single thing in this movie. I was baffled for that by that. I was like, I could not get over that. I was like, there's nothing. There's nothing in here about him and his wife. Nothing. Mm -mm. And everything. Like, yeah. The Sam, the Nick Fury from this, if you tell me later it, that one of these Nick Furies was a scroll, I'll be like, well, <laughs> it's it's honestly very obvious that they wanted Ronan back again. And they were like, oh crap, he died in Guardians. Uh yeah. uh, here's another one. She's because also we killed him. Because we kill all our best villains. <laughs> Yeah, it's like in one movie. And, and a grill where it looks like she's been chewing bullets. And that that's that makes her interesting because she's got these shoulder pads that look like it was supposed to be CGI for something else. And it's just placeholders. Christ on a stick. That character, that character. OK, uh, this movie you, is enjoyable at times, which is why it's it's not the worst of phase four and five. It's not the worst MCU thing. It's not the worst thing that's come out this year. High Quantumania. But last week I said the best things that have Marvel on the front from 2023 are Across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2, 
and Guardians 3. This movie does not change that fact. All right. And I, I just want to be clear, like, uh, we are not beating up on Zawe Ashton, who plays... No, she's fine. Yeah, she's actually oh, yeah. really good in her performance. She's just given nothing to she's do. She's actually scary, and, and you can tell she's convicted, her conviction, and yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a good villain in that she's trying to help her planet, and she's got to hurt other people, but she's like, screw it, we got hurt, we're going to hurt you. And so, like, I actually think she did a good job as a performer, um, and her name is Dar Ben, if you want to remember. They just uh, gave her, yeah, they gave her no... Nothing. That, from, in, from inception, that, that character... Yeah. Like there was two pages missing from that character's bio. <laughs> they just went with it. Like there's, a, I don't know what they did with that. No. Um, and there's a lot of things. There's, there's a lot of lore that just feels like it, it's, I mean, for all the theories. And I think this is where I'm getting into MCU. Somebody has been writing MCU theories for years. Like we've had theories about quantum bands, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of like, eh, there's two of them. Yeah. All right. Where's cool. the other one? Uh, some uh, girl from Jersey's grandma had it in a box. There's so, a lot of this so, movie that does hinge on long sleeve flannel shirts saving yeah. the day. So here's yeah. the thing, though. I think that's an. I don't think that's a. I it's a. I agree. It's a symptom in the Marvels, but I think that's a MCU problem that oh, I yeah, feel like no, I've been talking not, about a long time Marvel, now. Those teases used to get people hyped in in back in phase one phase two and phase three even wait even phase three like it was starting to wane because like a lot of people were wrong like it was becoming more and more of like you were starting to guess the thing that wasn't going to happen but in phase one and phase two and then like half of phase three it was really like those things were enough it used to be like one little crumb was enough to kind of get people really excited for the next thing and out over time, it's the same with anything, right? Like your tolerance changes and you need more of that thing to have the same effect. And they're still giving out crumbs. They haven't, they haven't adjusted to inflation. MCU needs to like raise the thing because those things are on your taxes holding. today or something. <laughs> I'm saying like that's look, man, real life someone might be <laughs> like this is like that stuff's not holding. So like they need to adjust and they haven't. And so like, yeah, it's like, oh, that thing is supposed to be a big mic drop. And it's not because we've already been saturated with so much. I mean, that's it goes back to our earlier thing. I think the pause is good, but I think it's for these reasons. I think it gives them time to reset. And so when they actually put those things out there, they matter. They get you excited again. This this little thing of like the second one's there, like, duh. <laughs> like who makes one who makes a one bracelet you know what i mean like you're gonna wear two they're gonna be matching pair like duh like we knew oh that, man so. commenters i'd have no idea that tom hiddleston is married to zawe oh, yeah. yeah engaged yeah. and they have a child together oh this boom week. janelle thank you <laughs> i'm sorry yeah, what have have a child. Engaged, engaged and have a child together yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, well, there you go. Boom. Very no cute. Wonder they're getting those Marvel checks this week. They got that baby on the way. They're like, yeah, all right. Gotta go. It makes me feel bad because she's being like criticized as, you know, the villain, not specifically her, but her character. And then he's being like super praised at the same time. Right. That sucks. sucks. Yeah. And it's not her. It, like yeah. Kofi said, it's no. really not. No, it's like not at her at all. No, no. She's a real act. Like she's an yeah. actor's actor. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And she was good in this. Like I said, I was scared of her with that hammer, but I was just like, they don't do anything to make this villain memorable. So, yeah, you know, she got in. She got a good check out of this. I, I hope, you know, good. You need crib money and all that good stuff. So Jim I has a really good that. comment on this, by the way. 
That's I What's think that? that's really well said. Jim has a <laughs> really good comment. He said the post-credit scenes were their own ongoing MCU subplot. And those post credits are like sprinkles that land on the floor and not on the cupcake. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about let's talk about them because people. Yeah. I saw a tweet that I really liked, and somebody said uh, they were just giving a non-spoiler review of this movie, and they talked about the post-credit scenes and the ending. And they said well, there's an ending scene and a post-credit scene, one that's super exciting and one that's super desperate in that order. And I was like, wow, okay. And I was like, yeah, I actually get that. There is one that's super fun and exciting. And again, tailored specifically for Matt. And then there's one <laughs> like super kind of desperate and, and just feels like we tacked on some stuff. I didn't even stick around this. for the for the end of for the for the final one. What was it? Oh you can't, I can't say it right now. Can't say it right now. Right, but, okay. But um yeah, it it yeah, it builds on like what happens post the climactic moment or, uh, okay. of the film and, and like where that all resolves. Um or in a tease. And so yeah, and I felt that way. The one at the ending, I really liked. I really enjoyed that because it's a play on Marvel history in a funny way, and they use the right people for it. And you instantly, they instantly have sold what they're setting up. Yes. Just on that interaction, right? A simple interaction that makes me go, I'm already in for this, like already. So that was very well done. The second one, holy God. And that, wait, that wasn't even the post credits, so though. That was just part of the movie, right? No, that's the it's, ending. There's an mm -hmm. ending. Yeah, and a that's the credits. ending. Yeah. No, the post credits is just the sound of Flurkins. That's, that, that's what yeah. I was like. What's the, what's the end? Oh, end? the end end one is just it's the nothing. sound of Flurkins. I, I yeah. saw the mid credit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. I was like, you missed that. No, that no, no. Like, I, right. I, I knew about that. In fact, my theater was empty, so I started singing, oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling as soon as he walked in. Okay, but. We were, yeah, so it, it's, I don't know, man. Everything about that mid credit scene was off. The costuming on the character we saw was off. It looked like bad cosplay at Comic-Con. The other character that we got, like Marvel, what is going on sometimes with them doing like CGI characters at the end? Why of did movies? the makeup from 15 years ago look better? I don't know, but like we're getting yeah. too into spoiler no, territory, guys. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, last night if you really wanted to. No, that's we said we weren't. We can't. No, we're we're trying to do non-spoiler, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. But um, there's a lot of questions about that and a lot of speculation from like trying to just keep the surprise, all that stuff. If people saw production, anyway, it 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 has just again and with Loki this week, it has thrown us into a realm where I have more questions and answers about this multiverse saga and how this is all going to play out. So there, there's a great line from spider verse where Peter B Parker says, you say multiverse and my brain dies. I'm getting to that point now. Yeah. And, uh, this is not the way I expected to, uh, formally get into this, but here we are. And this was a weird place to do it. And Marvel's got to work on these, uh, post-credit scenes. I think, I think if we don't need to do them, we don't have to do them. Can we make them special again? Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, just but like just the ending of this as the ending would have been dope. And like we would have all left like, hey, like that's awesome. Yeah, but that's, I, that's all you needed, man. I don't see, I don't know. My problem was I sat back and I thought, okay, we all saw multiverse of madness. So you're expecting us to pop for this again. Yeah. And I'm just I mean, like, okay, this means nothing. Congratulations. You've you've already established a couple times over who she's dealing with. Does it actually gonna matter? <laughs> No, probably not. We're going to see. 
But um, any final thoughts on the Marvels? We, we're starting to get people are starting to track us down on what we're saying here in the comments. No, so it's time I wonder on. why. <laughs> you made it so subtle. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's go. Let's move on. All right. But that's the Marvels. Okay, let's just give an ultimate. Do you think people should see this in theaters? Do you think it's waiting for Disney Plus? Connor. Wait for Disney Plus. Matt. Still, yeah. Oh, go see it. Easy. I'm going to say, I'm actually going to say, go see it. Just go have fun at a Marvel movie. Let's all take the pressure off. These don't need to change the world. We don't need Endgame every time. You guys are going to have to come off that dope high and just get used to just having little blips of fun. You know, it's okay. So I say, go see it. Dune 2 was supposed to come out this week. I'm pissed. <coughs> That's in another reality that I we know. are not living in. All right, moving right along. Our second episode of Invincible was out this week. Uh, I felt it was a little bit more complicated to dig into. It's a very dense episode. I wrote the recap, and it took me like two hours to write a recap for this episode because so yeah. much happens, and it's so deep. We're not going to go too much into it because we released a whole Invincible recap episode last night. As soon as these episodes are dropping, we have a recap video and a recap article to go with it. Be sure to go check that out on Comic Book Nation YouTube. But I know that, uh, Connor, you are like, it was just me and Logan Moore. So I don't know if anybody here has any strong thoughts about Invincible Season 2, but you got a little tiny window of time to express it. So this episode reminds me why Kirkman's series went on for as long as it did, especially past the big, hey, plot twist of Omni-Man. Because in the, in the book, that only happens like issue 10. So... This was this showcased how Kirkman had so many different ideas for a superhero world, and he would just throw all of them at you one after another. Sometimes they would come back 70 issues later. Sometimes they would immediately take effect. Sometimes they'd never come back and you never knew which was which. So getting ideas like Midnight City, the people down in Atlantis, which is playing the comic very differently. Uh, all the stuff with the immortal like there, there's so many really interesting ideas that Kirkman was able to throw. And I love that they're translating well onto screen. So solid episode. You can't really say, oh, this is the episode where blank happens because like five things happen. Yeah, I had to watch it twice just to just to remember everything that actually happened. I was confused. So <laughs> of the episode. I, I thought it was great. It was just confusing. I, no, I didn't, wasn't really it following. Goes back and forth all over the place. There's like, yeah. There's like multiple concurrent storylines that keep going throughout the episode. It's, it's a lot. Um, Logan Moore, who did the recap episode with me, uh, we've seen all four. He said this is the weakest of the four. And that's not saying it's a weak, but it is the weakest of the four. That's so cool. strap in for what happens in the next two. And be sure to keep up with our Invincible recaps if you are a fan. Um, another quick thing I want to highlight for the anime team. We did Attack on Titan, but that's over. What is something new coming down the line? We didn't expect to get a hot new anime, but uh, we did. We got two samurai epic animes over on Netflix right now. And I asked the anime team yesterday like to give me the kind of temperature of the room of which one's more popular. And they said this one is, and that is Blue Eye Samurai, which is now showing on Netflix. Um, Blue Eye Samurai is this kind of CG animated anime about a very unique samurai protagonist uh, with blue eyes who's, you know, half white, half Japanese. And it is it is unexpectedly spectacular. Oh, that looks gorgeous. Watch mm. the trailer right it now. It's so <laughs> gorgeously drawn. By the time you hit episode three, and there is a, episode three is just this classic samurai versus this group of assassins coming after samurai battle. 
it is so amazing. And it's very much adult. There is like nudity, ultra hard violence in this. Um, it's also, but much more digestible than your usual anime. It is a very much a westernized kind of Netflix style anime. But like you can see, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. There are a lot of interesting character turns and kind of layers to each character that you find out as the series progresses. And I'm almost done. I, there's about eight episodes, I think. And I'm on like, I think six or seven. But yeah, this is one of the best samurai ninja kind of epics that I have seen in years. And this stuff is becoming mainstream. I mean, we got this. Oh, we got sorry. another samurai anime we're going to talk about right now. We got FX's Shogun coming. And yeah, this is from, uh, I believe, Derek Connolly, is it? Who did this? The writer of, or no, the writer of Logan. So the writer of Logan did this, and it very much feels Logan-ish. And it, yeah, Blue Eye Samurai, I did not see this one coming, but... <laughs> Andrew down. pointed out that I was watching in real time. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it's like I man, that looks. I oh, will binge the Green hell Green. out of that. I will it, binge it that like, and talk about it. It looks like Mulan mixed with like season five Samurai Jack. It is. It, it that's not a bad. It's not a bad comparison, and, and it's not bad to look at it like that. But um, yeah, the action and just the kind of reverence for samurai culture and sword fights and things like that. It's beautiful. It's action packed. It's exciting. I, I highly recommend if you are just kind of looking for something counter to Marvel programming this weekend, you sit down and uh, start this one up. And if you like this one, for all you gamers out there, you can also check out Onimusha, which is also out on Netflix. The adaptation of those video games as a kind of samurai epic by none other than Takashi Miike who's doing Onimusha. So it's Onimusha the Games as reimagined by Takashi Miike. And uh, if you don't know who that is, like Ichi the Killer, 13 Assassins, which has come up again. And I've been watching 13 Assassins because it's such a good movie. Um, another samurai epic. But uh, yeah, Onimusha's out there. But people are kind of a little bit more split about that because the gamers aren't necessarily liking this adaptation of it because it's very... Mike, and if you know anything about Takashi Mike, again, ultra violent, like kind of grindhouse guy of Japan, like really has his own unique flavor for things. And it's clear that he saw the games, but he was just also like, okay, right, yeah. cool, gonna take this, be back later, and I'm gonna give you a different version of it. But um, I'm loving both series, and so. Blue Eye Samurai is the better one, but uh, I like both. And if you are a samurai ninja, medieval Japan anime fan, and you're waiting something to do better than Demon Slayer season three, come check out these this weekend for sure. So that's my little plug for that, just because it's awesome. And that's hitting anime. I think we are ready to talk about comics. Matthew, take it away. Yeah, so as Kofi mentioned uh, at the top of the show, you can check out, we talk about Gods, we talk about Transformers 2, and actually uh, about five or six other books, including books not from the big two, on the pull list on Comic Book Nation's YouTube channel and on our audio podcast feed. So you can definitely check out our full kind of 30-minute plus discussion there. Uh, but we are still going to be talking comics on this show as well. And I'm sorry, Janelle, that it had to be Batman. <laughs> all the books I could pick. But... It actually made sense because we the you know one of the last big series we talked about um, was Gotham War and this is actually the pickup like right after that the next kind of big arc from Chip Zdarsky um, and Jorge Menez 
and this one is mind bomb and you know a lot of the things obviously talking spoilers for this but you know a lot of the things that were played up in gotham war come to fruition here it, it's it's kind of the thing of all the teases kind of lead here and setting up for batman's next big art um i've already talked a bunch uh what i will say is that jorge Jimenez is, is off all like out of his mind in this issue <laughs> she was like beautiful um and then also uh let me make sure uh i hope i'm saying it right uh tomu mori is also as colorist amazing this issue is gorgeous janelle what did you think of this are you are you still batmaned out how are we coming around what are we thinking I, I think it's a unique uh, perspective, like, and I, I really do appreciate different things going on with Batman. Um, I, I listen. I like Batman. I don't want anyone to think that I'm I'm not Team Batman. Um, but yes, I, I you know when you give me a Captain Marvel, it's more fun. Like Batman's more serious, but I appreciate it for what it is, and it really is absolutely stunning like this book is so gorgeous i mean even just that cover i love all the like joker ha ha ha's on the side yeah. um i do really appreciate it and i'm obviously getting more into it as we move and progress through these series because i do have the background now and i'm following things and um it just sparks curiosity of where we're going from here so yeah i mean i think it's great i only read two and both are basically like batman so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's great. Like, it, I like reading comics, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> uh, Kofi, uh, what did what did you think? And you can also tee up the next one because I know that was a big thing on your list. Um, yeah, I think I liked this issue as a start for a new Batman arc. It's kind of like a good back to basics, a change status quo that's interesting. I like the backup story. I did not think that anyway this but i liked this individual issue i like the artwork i like the angles we're getting i like that batman this is a classic batman joker showdown yeah. but there are these new wrinkles like batman of zen or you know all this stuff that's happening it feels like we're taking everything that's happened around here that zadarsky has done there's even mention of like batman the knight gets woven into this like with the mentors and everything that are getting killed so I feel like it's pulling everything together and I like that. But I also think at the same time, and this is what I also included that you alluded to, is that the Batman universe is kind of messy right now. Like I'm so confused yeah. because while I was getting this Batman Joker story that I should have been focused on, I was like, I was also, my brain couldn't let go of what the hell was happening in Joker, the man who stopped laughing, which was a series that also wrapped yeah, up, yeah. End, uh, which was a story of two mysterious Jokers on opposite ends of the country coming together and having a war or to see which one's the real one. Um, and so like all this stuff with the Joker and red hood and all this stuff is going on. And it's hard for me to ignore all of that. It just feels like none of it's cohesive. Like there's just pieces of Batman here, pieces of Batman there. And like all of that also everything that's happened between Joker, the man stopped laughing number 12 and this book makes me feel like Gotham war was just completely invalidated in a lot of ways. Uh, I think the only thing that really kind oh, of makes yeah. sense out of there is that Bruce is now like broke and having to go back to Batman on a budget stuff. And of course the Vandal Savage backup story where Vandal Savage now has this power base in Gotham. 
But it seems like Gotham War was just that was shoehorned in just to set up a Vandal Savage, uh, Vandal Savage story where Gotham is now like the depository for all this uh, uh, Lazarus energy or whatever it is. And like, it's interesting that he can't leave Gotham without losing his powers now. But like, again, it feels like there's a lot of ideas cooking. Yeah. But they're strangling what should be a simple story in this one, like a focus story. Mm-hmm. And I so it's kind of this weird double feeling I'm having. But um, as an issue, I liked it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then, don't ask uh, me what happens when a multiverse full of new jokers is out there, because that's oh. still a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a it's a whole thing. Um, I I get it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's comics. Definitely, for more, you can you can check out uh, our full discussion. Which All right, coming? and uh, one thing we this show is always so big, it's impossible to cover everything. Netflix dropped a lot on us. People mentioned in the comics when we were talking about Blue Eyes Samurai. But we did get a trailer yesterday, and it is the number one trailer, ironically, on uh, trending on YouTube right now, which is the first real trailer for Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender series, which is going to be a big one for us next year, if you guys don't realize that yet. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Spring, it's on my co-host here. Yeah, we're going to be into this, um, because this is a big topic for us. One of the most famous anime in America, of all worldwide of all time. We tried to get into it on this show again. I remember like Janelle and I, we tried, we went back and ne- none of us really got into it. So I'm super curious how we're going to all fare when we got to break down the an- the live action series. Because, yeah, we all know the Shyamalan movie and what happened there. But people seem to be really responding to this new version and what Netflix has done. This could be our next One Piece. It looks. I was like going to say, I think One Piece has given me a lot of faith that I'm like, I'm willing to give anything uh, a shot in that regard because that surprised me so much. And I never really warmed to the anime beforehand. Like it never really got me to the point of wanting to watch it. So I was just so floored with the live action. I think this looks gorgeous. My God. I mean, at least they're putting the money in, right? Like you can tell. Like it's beautiful. (laughs) This looked gorgeous. It looked like Avatar The Last Airbender. And I was already, I was like, okay, well, now that I'm seeing it like this, I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm kind of in. So I'm really curious. Janelle, what did you think? Uh, have you have a chance? Because I just dropped this on you guys. Yes, I watched it while during the comic chatter. And this is way more up my alley than the anime. <laughs> so I'm very much looking forward to this. It looks very moving and much more serious than the actual anime. So that might tickle some people's fancy a little more probably might I might be one of those people I don't know if it's gonna have like the same humor and like certain uh, mannerisms and things that kind of threw me off like it kind of felt like a kid's show when I was watching it so um I think there's a ton of potential it looks amazing it looked and moving it looks moving like I felt moved watching the trailer so that's great yeah yeah all right oh, I'm sorry go ahead Connor uh, looks great um obviously a, a significant step up from the Shyamalan series. Big question, honestly, going into this, because it looks like they're going to follow the the plot pretty much verbatim. So what really interested me was that we saw a few shots of, I think it's supposed to be Azula. So, and she plays a much more significant role after season one. So to bring in elements like her into the show earlier, I think could make this, it it would leave even the fans of the original show guessing a bit. And I think that's going to be interesting. All right. 
Yeah, the creators have gotten a deal. If the original creators did leave, they got in a deal. People are saying in the comments, and they're going to be doing uh, Avatar Studios. Like, there's a whole thing they're doing. So they think they're working on a new animated series. I have to dip into that and look into that. But uh, yeah, this is going to be one of our biggest pieces of content to talk about in 2024. So I'm glad to hear you guys are positive starting out. We'll see if that continues. All right, I think we've done the thing. We've we've gone everywhere. We've we've talked DC. We talked comic books. We talked Marvel. We talked TV. We talked movies, anime, gaming. We are Comic Book Nation, and we're the only show that's doing this all every week. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to our regular show watchers, subscribers, defenders out there, all you guys who kind of uh, big us up and suggest us to people when they're like, I wish there was a show where people talked about, and you guys are like, there is one. We love you. Uh, Brywood, everybody, Damon, Treasus, and full Agents of Phantom. Guys, we love you guys. Thank you for always uh, tuning in. Be sure to subscribe if you're just getting into Comic Book Nation to our YouTube page and our audio platforms because uh, what did we put out this week? Like what? Like one, two, three, four pieces of content this week? Yeah, make sure we got a whole universe, multiverse expanded on our own. If you want to talk to us individually or just follow us, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Connor Casey CBS. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. All right, that'll do it for this episode. We are Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Later. Later.